0: China and Taiwan, what's next? Again, with the useless, idiotic face diapers, did you not learn your lesson the first time? And an amazing old school, and I mean old school, theater, you will not believe. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Monday! Uh, Yeah, well, it's mostly over here in Malaysia. It's uh, just after 10 o'clock at night. For those of you in the U.S., it's just beginning, so good luck with that. And uh, yeah, we've got all that coming up tonight and more. We will cover a bunch of stuff. In fact, something that I just saw. It just appeared on my Twitter feed, and I went to the link. It's an article from Zero Hedge. We'll talk about that, too, in just a minute. And, uh, yeah, all that and more coming up tonight on the show. And towards the last half of the show, of course, we will continue reading the book Bambi. We are at uh, Chapter 5, so we'll continue with Chapter 5 tonight. Uh, What a great story. Love this book. All right. Speaking of furry little friends, how about this one? Miko Update. (laughs) Yes, Miko Update. Uh, If you're just new to the show, Miko is our Shiba Inu dog. She'll be three in December, as a matter of fact. We have featured her on this show. She hasn't appeared too often. Because she's not really cool on being in the studio with all the lights and everything going on. But uh, she will come in every now and then and uh, pop in and say hi. But anyway, our little Shiba Inu Miku is, uh, Miko is doing great. And as a matter of fact, uh, Sunday, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday she had, what a day, two outings yesterday. We went to uh, City Park. She had a great time. And while we were there, as a matter of fact, check this out. A white Shiba Inu that she met, hadn't seen this one before. And this Shiba Inu's name is Miko. So Miko met Miko. And uh, they got along pretty well, actually. This little Miko, the white one, uh, was crazy nuts. She was running everywhere. Miko was Eh, about running at about seventy percent capacity, so uh, she's been like that for the last couple of days. But yeah, that's a fatso me in the ball cap there in the shot, and uh, that is Miko and Miko. Uh, now that and at night we went to Desapark City and we had a great time there. We were there quite late actually, and uh, got to check out all the other dogs and <clears throat> plenty of shebas. There was one white dog i don't know what it was i couldn't tell the breed but it was huge it was like bull mastiff style big it was unbelievable luna amethyst hello there nice to have you back in the stream good to see you hope you're doing well and uh yeah it was it was such a great time we had an absolutely fantastic day miko did too and uh couldn't beat the uh, couldn't beat the exercise and the friends and all that we met our miko update is brought to you by the good folks at bark box bark box uh oh, luna loves big dogs I, I you know it doesn't matter big little i have had them all i had a Sharpay, i had a, a chihuahua but it wasn't any little chihuahua it was a runt of the litter so you know chihuahuas are very tiny well cc s-i-s-i we called her yes yes uh cc was the runt of the litter so she was even smaller she was like half the size of a normal chihuahua there's pictures of her somewhere i think on my facebook you gotta dig way back but uh yeah cc uh man she's gone now but uh yeah wow so i so i've had big dogs little dogs um golden retriever when i was a kid um yeah, she was adorable. Absolutely adorable. Love of my life. And then Miko came along. All right. Anyway, barkbox.com. This is a monthly subscription service that you get for your dog. And you sign up for once, six months, 12 months, and they will send you a box, a bark box which has all kinds of great toys for your dog inside and all kinds of great treats and very healthy and also a dog chew. Once every month, they'll send it to you and you will get a, uh, a themed box of goodies for your dog. Check these things out. Like, for example, this month, there's the Halloween howl party box with all kinds of cool toys and treats and dog chew in there. Uh, they've got uh, Italian Placation, National Park Foundation, Bark to School, Jurassic World from the film, Stranger Things Bark Box. Check that out. That's very cool. Uh, Harry Potter, Wizarding World, uh, Pool Animals, Boops and Scoops. Star Wars, but these are some of the past Bark Boxes that they've done. Always, they always have a theme to them. Uh, Jackpot, pot, p a w, as in paw. Uh, little casino uh, <laughs> Bark Box. Even the NBA is there. They, they did an NBA Bark Box, so you can tell. Obviously, there's all kinds of great deals there. And if you use our special link, you will get one month free. So you sign up for a multi-month subscription sign up for six months you'll get seven months you get an extra month free that's barkbox.com slash miko m-i-k-o that's our special link and uh use that check it out uh they only ship to the u.s u.s territories and canada sadly at the moment they promise me they are working on getting international shipping if you're on another part of the planet you can always use one of those shipping forwarding services, or maybe you have a friend in the U.S. who would do you, do you a solid, and you can have it shipped to them, and they can ship it out to you. Anyway, check it out, BarkBox.com Miko, and you will not be disappointed. They guarantee satisfaction. You can specify the size of your dog, small, medium, and large. You can check a, uh, check a tick box for if your dog has any allergies. And they guarantee you'll be satisfied or they will replace anything that you're not happy with. And they mean it. They are great folks. you find a lot of folks reviewing this at BarkBox.com on YouTube if you want to check that out. But trust me, I spoke with them. I don't bring anybody on board that I don't check out thoroughly and know that they're a worthwhile company. And these folks are that. Barkbox.com slash Miko is the link. It's in our show notes if you forget. So check it out. Get yourself a Barkbox and your little furry friend will love you to pieces. I promise. (laughs) All right. Luna says she was up too late last night. Well, stop doing that. You know, sleep, seriously, sleep is about the best thing you can do for everything that ails you. Uh, I'm not kidding. Sleep is absolutely essential. The right amount of sleep, decent sleep, and a you know, like I said, a good amount. All right, let's uh, let's move on over here to our uh, our lead story tonight, and this is from the Post Millennial. The link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. Everybody's been so damn distracted with Russia, 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 Putin, and all the other crap that's going on, and you know, Biden and all the whack jobs. Apparently, leading us into World War III. God only knows. But uh, not a lot of people have been focusing on what's going on in China and Taiwan specifically. I saw just uh, recently a headline about uh, China announcing that they had completely taken over Hong Kong. Now, a hundred percent. Man, whatever. I think it's been a while for that. But this just popped up in the news. This headline, and uh, it is again. It's the post millennial. The links in our show notes. The CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, says China has the right to force Taiwan into reunification. Here we go. During a speech opening the CCP's 20th Party Congress in the capital city of Beijing, uh, Xi claimed that China has always respected, cared for, and benefited the people of Taiwan, but that resolving the tension is the Chinese people's own business. Okay. Uh, President uh, Xi Jinping of the People's Republic of China declared Sunday the ruling Chinese Communist Party will never renounce the right to use force over Taiwan. Here we go. During a speech, which opened the 20th Party Congress in, in Beijing, Xi claimed the that China has always respected. Again, I already read that part. It's just a repeat. Uh, Resolving the Taiwan issue is the Chinese people's own business, and it is up to the Chinese people to decide, he said, according to a Reuters report. He then emphasized that while he strives for peaceful negotiations, using force ain't out of the question. Well, he said is not, not ain't, but you know. Basically, what he's saying is stay out of our business. U.S., NATO, everybody else. We insist on striving for the prospect of peaceful reunification with the greatest sincerity. And, you know, you just can't believe anything this moron says anyway. Uh, We'll never promise to give up the use of force and reserve the option to take all necessary measures. Well, in response, the presidential office of Taiwan declared that the island is a sovereign and independent country. Taiwan's position is firm, no backing down on national sovereignty, no compromise on democracy and freedom, and, this is interesting, this is from the Taiwan Presidential Office, meeting on the battlefield is absolutely not an option for the two sides of the Taiwan Strait. Hmm. This is the consensus of Taiwan's people, the office stated, adding the national security team was keeping a close eye on developments in the Chinese Congress. Tensions between China and Taiwan spiked, of course, last August as China's military activity rose following the visit of that idiot Nancy Pelosi, who loves to go over and poke the snake nest and stick her nose in places it doesn't belong. Anyway, read more on this article if you want to know more and stay up to date on this kind of stuff, folks, because seriously, we spend so much time worrying, and we should, about what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine, that we have a tendency to turn a blind eye to what's going on between China and Taiwan, and we should not. Now, this literally just popped up on my newsfeed. It's an article from Zero Hedge. (sighs) Here we go. NATO kicks off nuclear war games today. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization has begun its annual military drills in preparation for nuclear war today, Monday. American B-52 bombers will be joined by advanced aircraft from other alliance members as they simulate... A War of Annihilation with Russia. What could go wrong? The war games, dubbed Steadfast Noon, are scheduled to run through the end of October. Great. Uh, Belgium is hosting the exercises, which take place over the North Sea in the UK. Some American aircraft will take off from bases in North Dakota. I didn't get a chance to put this link in our show notes, but you can find the story if you go to uh, uh, zerohedge.com and read the whole thing. This year's nuclear drills come as tensions, of course, between NATO and Moscow are at a multi-decade high. Moscow has accused the alliance of waging war against Russia in Ukraine, kind of a proxy war, if you will. Uh, Washington's led its allies in providing Kiev with uh, tens of... I'm not going to call it Kiev, I'm sorry, but I've called it Kiev for 60-something years, and uh, Kiev just sounds funny to me. I don't care if that's the proper Ukrainian pronunciation. Uh, I just don't give a crap when it comes to stuff like that. Live with it. Uh, and I'm not using your pronouns either, so shut the... up. Uh, let's see. Be, uh, it would send a very wrong signal if we suddenly now canceled a routine. Yeah, long-time planned exercise because of the war in Ukraine, you think? Uh, That would be absolutely the wrong signal to send. Well, we've done a lot of that in the past, haven't we? It's from Zero Hedge. I didn't get the link in the show notes because literally as I'm sitting here waiting to go live, the the story popped. So uh, check it out if you want. Just go to Zero Hedge and you can search for the uh, NATO nuclear war games, whatever the hell they're calling it. They're pushing us into it. They are absolutely pushing us into it. Just like they pushed us into everything, including putting face diapers on your face. Yeah, masks I'm talking about. Get a load of this headline. It's from the Mirror.co.uk. Link is in our show notes. <laughs> just. And you know, the funny thing is, there's still thousands, if not millions, of people out there who believe this bullshit crap Brits should wear a face mask again to avoid new COVID lockdown experts claim the link to this is in our show notes if you know you want to check it out um No, I don't want to sign in. Go away. All right. As COVID numbers continue, again, this is the mirror, so it's going to have a bunch of misinformation about the face masks because we all know how useless they are. Uh, And experts advised for the return of face masks to avoid the risk of future lockdowns being introduced and an increased numbers in the hospitals. Now, do these people not know how to read science articles? Well, frankly, there are none because there is no, none, zero scientific evidence that those cloth masks, surgical masks do anything, anything at all to prevent the spread of COVID. In fact, the opposite in some cases. Um, But, you know, they're going to just keep on trying to force you because that mask is a symbol that you give up, you give in. Yes, daddy, I'll do whatever you say. Latest figures show the number of infections across England increased by a quarter where hospitalizations have surged to more than a million this was just from october 7th about a week ago uh, the jump of course has caused fears in the country they're already experiencing the start of a winter wave and uh martin michaelis who apparently is the most disconnected scientist slash physician slash professor on the planet He is the professor of molecular medicine at the University of Kent. Well, you know, Doc, wouldn't you know better? Shouldn't you know better? Says there may have to be return to wearing face masks. Oh, there's the idiot now. He explained if we want to reduce the likelihood of formal restrictions, we'll have to be reintroducing to prevent a collapse of the healthcare sector. You see, he doesn't say we need to reintroduce them because they work. Because they don't. He says we have to do this so... You know, we we won't have another lockdown, which is just basically threatening you. Anyway, I don't want to give this moron any more publicity than he already got. So if you want to read the article, feel free. Don't bother with the face masks. They don't do crap. They absolutely don't do crap. There is positively no scientific data in any sort of major study that proves any efficacy with these cloth masks, surgical masks, things like that. Go ahead. Look it up if you want. It doesn't exist. Have a nice day. I still hear it's unbelievable how daddy has control over people. Yes, daddy, whatever you want. We'll be good little boys and girls. Not this guy. All right. Why am I looking at this? Okay. Look, I I knew the first couple of stories we were going to do by the way would be pretty heavy. So I put this in here simply because I wanted to, because I love this guy, and I wanted to lighten the mood. Chow Young Fat, you must know Chow Young Fat. Uh, there's an article here from Asia One. The link is in our show notes. It is a brilliant interview and uh, article about this amazing guy. You, you, if you see the picture now on uh, on your screen, that's him. He is an amazing, brilliant actor. He's been around forever. He has had a huge career. And the best thing is, is you're always, this is like the Asian version of Keanu Reeves. You know, you see pictures and and hear hear articles about Keanu Reeves just doing the nice thing or doing the uh, right thing, you know, getting with his fans, going out and meeting people, Keanu riding the subway or a bus. I mean, Keanu just keeps it real. Chow Yun-fat is the Asian Keanu Reeves for just that reason. Um, He dislikes violence, even though in a lot of his films, if not all of them, he has been playing roles which are very violent. And he also has, according to him, an amazing wife. As Hong Kong's biggest film star, Chow Young-fat is often featured in The Post. His first interview in 1982, his Hakka and Laman Island roots were emphasized. Uh, Throughout the years, Post journalists have commented on the affable and down-to-earth nature. That's the words for it, down-to-earth. Chow's films, of which there are tons, not always gotten similar praise, although his performances usually have been commended and uh, he has had an amazing career. This article looks back, talks about his favorite actors. Uh, he was in uh, John Woo's the Killer back in 1989 in violence a shooting the Church scene back that look at that. my goodness. Anyway, he says, in my heart, I don't like violence at all, but that's what the audience likes. My character has changed all the time as I've made films. I used to be like the people I played, naughty, mischievous, and nosy. But now I'm more peaceful and more serious. I've mellowed in the past 10 years. How about that? He has had just the most amazing career, and, uh, and he is the most down-to-earth guy you will find. Um, this is a great article. Anna and the King, a great deal of which was shot right here in Malaysia, by the way. And, uh, of course, he was also in The Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Uh, He played a rather nasty guy, and uh, that was back in 2007. Again, No particular commentary about this. I just wanted to share the good news and uh, send a hey out there to Chow Young Fat. And if you want to read more about his amazing career, please do. The link is in our show notes tonight. And you can find out more about this uh, incredible, talented guy. We love him to pieces. All right. What else we got going on here? Let's just, we're kind of doing it by the seat of the pants again tonight. So you got to, you got to kind of bear with me. All right. Okay. Oh, this is cool. Check out the, the links in our show notes. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, it's a visual thing, sort of. But it's worth your time. Check on the link should open in a, in a new window and you can uh, read the uh, article. The world's quietest. <laughs> Perfect timing. Miko barking in the background. The world's quietest room. Take a look at that. You can see, a matter of fact, let me go over to camera two here. Uh, well, you can't quite actually see it. On the walls and in front of me and on the doors here in the studio, I have this sort of uh, sound reflective stuff like you see in this picture. Um, this studio is anything but soundproof. In fact, I purposely leave the door open in case anything happens while I'm live here. But this room is incredible. It's an anechoic chamber. ...in Minneapolis at Orfield Labs... ...and it is the world's quietest room. When you go in this room... ...it is so quiet... ...you can hear your organs. You can hear your heart pumping... ...and your lungs bringing in air... ...and your stomach grumbling. Your bones grinding together as you move... ...yes, that's how quiet it is in this room... You can hear them. That is freaky. Many people who enter this room begin to hallucinate after only 30 minutes. NASA has used this room to help astronauts adjust to the silence of space where there is no noise. Uh, But you can... Can you imagine? I actually... I would love to experience that. I think that would be... That'd be absolutely incredible. What a, what a great experience that would be to, uh, to sense that. It really would. All right. Uh, I got one more for you. And then a very quick little personal story. And then we'll get to our book. This is for Malaysia, but it doesn't only apply to Malaysia. It's a big story around here. Coming up on the uh, 24th, 25th, I think it is, it is Deepavali. Uh, Not just in Malaysia, it is Deepavali for people of the uh, Indian faith. And um, the question has come up, should Raya and Chinese New Year be the same as Deepavali? Deepavali or the reverse, actually, should Deepavali be the same as Raya and Chinese New Year. For Raya, Hari Raya, and Chinese New Year, usually there's about a week off. Where, I mean, most companies... It depends on exactly what day the actual first day of these holidays start. But for the most part, most of the time you'll get a week. If it's like on a Wednesday, maybe you get Wednesday through the rest of the week. But, um... We have a population here which is very diverse, but there are three main races that make up Malaysia. That is the Malays, the Chinese, and the Indian population. Uh, And it's in that order as far as percentage. Uh, Consequently, the Malays rule the roost for the most part. About 60-something percent, I believe, is Malay. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers of Chinese and Indian, but the Indian population is quite small. And then there's a small, small percentage of what we call line-line, which is everybody else, even me. (laughs) Anyway, Malaysians are blessed with a bunch of public holidays, religious and public, and uh, whether we celebrate them or not, we get leave from our work, and that's nice. But uh, recently... Moir M.P. Syed Sadiq took to Twitter to share an anonymous message he received from a student. And in the post, this IPTA student said they are sending the message to express how disappointed most Indian students are with the holiday given by the government for Deepavali this year. One day. That's it. One day. Now, four Indian families who celebrate Deepavali officially... It's no different than Chinese New Year. It's no different than Raya. It is a day to go back to your hometown, to spend time with your family, wherever that might be. And you need time to travel, prepare, be with your friends, be with your family. To give the Indian population one day when the Chinese population, the Malay population, all get three, four, five, in some cases a whole week off, Uh, look, the Indian population is a smaller percentage, but that doesn't make them any less important. Anyway, this article is in our show notes tonight. If you want to read it, you can actually read the message that uh, Syed Sadiq received. And, uh, he said, I hope I can voice out on this issue to those who can take some action. Thanks for taking your time to read this. We humbly request that some changes be made so we can celebrate our festival in peace with our family members by our side. Wow. Uh, Sadiq wrote, Why is Deepavali holiday only a day? I suggest Kelawaga Malaysia, which is like Malaysian family, uh, should make it a bit longer. Make it the same as Raya, Chinese New Year. Pity them. And uh, Malaysians, as usual, were divided on the matter because a lot of people who like to troll online just like to cause problems and say stupid things, which this is no different. Anyway, give look, I, I'm working from home now still. So to me, whether I have a day off or not, not really that big of a deal. However, to Indian folks who celebrate Deepavali, it is an important holiday, one of the most important holidays. And they go back to their hometowns. They spend time with their family and friends. And there is absolutely no reason why they should not be able to have the same amount of time granted to them that we grant to Chinese folks for Chinese New Year and Malay folks for Hari Raya. Absolutely not. All right. I got one more. It's very quick. It's just a picture. But what a picture. This was a private post. And when I find something I want to share... And it's a private post. I always write to the person, they're friends of mine on Facebook, and I ask permission. I said, would you mind? I want to put it on my show, talk about it a little bit. And if they say, no, I'd really wish you wouldn't, I don't. But I wrote to Cindy Lee and I said, would you mind? And she said, absolutely, go ahead. Take a look at this. Again, podcast listeners, sorry, check check out the, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) There is no link in our show notes. So go to rumble.com and check out our video. It's right towards the uh, 30-minute mark. And uh, this is the Warner Theater in Torrington, Connecticut. Way back a billion years ago, this theater was almost completely destroyed and turned into a parking lot. It is one of the original Warner Theaters. Yes, from Warner Brothers. They built it and showed their films there. It had an incredible history. The entire theater is Art Deco because it's original Art Deco from that era. And it is the most amazing theater ever, ever This is my kind of adopted hometown. I actually was born in Cornwall, Connecticut, about 20 minutes to the uh, west. But Torrington is where I lived for a good many years. I was on radio there doing a morning show. And uh, I was a part of a small part, but I was a part of the uh, drive that uh, helped to save this theater and bring it back into the condition you see it is today. Look at that. That chandelier up on top here is absolutely incredible. This giant star, which is lit from behind, and then this incredible chandelier, which is, you have to see it in person. It is absolutely phenomenal. They do all kinds of shows and theater productions here, musicals and the like. And uh, my, some of the comments were so cool that I was reading here. I saw my very first movie there in around 1960, around age four, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, A Torrington Treasure, Uh, This was my first full-time job in 73, says Diane. Started as a candy girl, advanced to ticket sales, and became assistant manager until they closed as a movie theater in 1981. Such a sad night, locking those doors for the last time. So glad it was revived. Yeah, indeed. It is a majestic place, as Inez says, and you couldn't be more correct. I... I went on my first date. Diana Hart, you and me, babe. (laughs) I remember that night perfectly. I can close my eyes and remember my first date with Diana Hart. We went to the Warner Theater. We sat probably right in one of these seats you see in the front of this, this picture. The film that was showing was Tales from the Crypt. The original Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. This was the 70s, folks. I'm that old. Afterwards, my dad drove us. (laughs) I couldn't drive. I was like, what, 14 or something? 13, 14 years old. And uh, we went to McDonald's afterwards. Got some fries and a shake or something. And then I'll never forget my father on the way home because we went and we drove to Diane's house and dropped her off and then went back to uh, to our house. Every time he would hit a curve, he would purposely take the curve extra sharp because Diane and I were sitting next to each other in the front seat. It was my dad, Diane, and me. So that we'd kind of lean into each other on the corners. It didn't work, but thanks, Dad. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to share this. It's a very, very personal story, but... If you ever get a chance in Torrington, Connecticut, check out this theater. If you want to see more pictures, actually, you can just do a search and check out the Warner Theater, Torrington, Connecticut. You'll be amazed. This theater has been revived and brought back to virtually its original condition. And it is absolutely amazing. The guys and gals who did their part back in the 80s to bring this thing back. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. Absolutely amazing. All right. It's, uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's time to get on to our book. Uh, if you didn't know, you'll know now. We read books on this show. We have done classic books from almost the beginning, 270, what, seven shows ago. Uh, we've done The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, you name it, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, And now we're doing Bambi, the original, which was written in German by Felix Satin. Satin, I guess it is. And uh, we were reading a translation. It's actually matched the, uh, the original story, the Disney film, almost exactly. So we will continue on now with Bambi. Bambi and his mother had never gone out into the meadow as early as they did that evening. In fact, it was hardly even evening. The sun was still high in the sky. There were powerful freshness in the air. It had a richer fragrance than at other times, and the woods sang with a thousand voices, for everyone had come out of his hiding place and was hurrying round to each other in their excitement to tell them about what they had just experienced. Before stepping into the meadow, they'd pass up big oak tree, standing right at the edge of the woods, just beside their path. They had to pass by this big, beautiful tree every time they went out into the meadow. This time, there was the squirrel sitting on one of its branches, and he wished them a good evening. Bambi and the squirrel were good friends with each other. The first time he met him, Bambi thought the squirrel was a very small deer because of his red coat, and stared at him in amazement. But Bambi really was too young at that time and simply couldn't understand anything. Right from the start, he felt an exceptional liking for the squirrel. He was so well-mannered in every way. The way he spoke was so pleasant, and Bambi adored the wonderful way he performed acrobatics. How he climbed, jumped, how he kept his balance— He would take part in the conversation while running up and down the smooth trunk of the tree as if it were nothing at all. He sat upright on a branch of the tree as it moved to and fro. He leant comfortably against his bushy tail, which rose up high and handsome behind him. He showed his white breast, moved his front paws with great elegance, turned his head left and right, laughed with merry eyes, and in a very short time. He would so, say so many entertaining or interesting things. And then he came down from the tree again and did so, so fast, with such jumps that anyone would think he was about to fall on your head. He swung his long red tail vigorously and said, Hello, hello, so nice of you to drop by. While he was still far above Bambi's head. Bambi and his mother stood where they were. "'The squirrel ran down the smooth trunk. "'Now then,' he began to chat. "'Did you understand that all right? "'I can see, of course, that everything is nice and tidy, "'and that's always the main thing, after all.' "'As quick as a flash, he ran back up the trunk, saying, "'Oh, no, it's too damp for me down there. "'Just a moment. I'll find a better place. "'I hope you don't mind. "'Thank you. I I thought you wouldn't mind. "'And we can just talk as well from where we are now.' "'He ran to and fro on a level branch.' "'What a business that was,' he continued. "'So much noise, such a scandal. "'Just think how shocked I am. "'You squeeze yourself into a nook, keeping perfectly quiet, hardly daring to move. "'That's the worst thing of all, sitting there like that without moving. "'You hope, of course, that nothing's going to happen, don't you? "'My tree certainly is especially suited for that sort of trick. "'No, it can't be denied. "'My tree is especially suited. "'It has to be. "'I'm content.' However far I roam, I don't wish for any other. But when things happen like they did today, it it does get you so upset. It's disgusting. The squirrel sat there, his beautiful little erect tail close behind him. He showed the white of his breast, held his two front paws, emotionally pressed against his heart. It was obvious that when he said he had been made cross, he was telling the truth. We want to go out into the meadow now. Said Bambi's mother, so we can dry ourselves off in the sunshine. Oh, what a good idea! the squirrel exclaimed. You're really so clever, really. I-, I always say you're so clever. And with a single leap, he was on a branch higher up. There's nothing better that you could do now than to go out into the meadow, he called down. And then he rushed around in nimble heaps, hither, thither, and up into the canopy of the trees. I want to get up where I can get some sunshine. He chatted contently. We're all soaking wet. I want to get right up high. He was not at all concerned about whether anyone was still listening to him. On the meadow, it was already very lively. Bambi's friend, the hare, was sitting there with his family all around him. Auntie Ana was standing there with her children and some people she knew. Today, Bambi saw his father again. He came slowly out of the trees, some here, some there, and then someone else appeared. They walked slowly up and down the edge of the wood, each one in his own place. They paid no attention to anyone. They didn't even talk to each other. Bambi frequently looked over at them, respectful, but full of curiosity. And then he talked to Feline, Gobo, and a few other children. He thought it would be all right to play for a little while. All of them said they agreed. And then the running round in circles began. Faline showed that she was the merriest of them all. She was so lively and nimble, and she sparked with sudden new ideas. Gobo, though, quickly became tired. He'd been terribly afraid when the storm was raging. It had made his heart beat fast, and it was still doing so. Maybe Gobo was a little bit of a weakling, but Bambi loved him because he was so good-natured and so helpful and never let anyone see it when he was a little bit sad. That's the end of chapter five. We will move on to chapter six in our next stream. Time passes and Bambi learns how good grass tastes. (laughs) That'll be coming up on uh, Wednesday. We'll move on into chapter six. All right, folks, don't forget to like and subscribe and follow on Facebook. Subscribe on Rumble.com, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. Thanks for all those of you who are uh, signed up for our podcast, which is the audio part of our show. We have hundreds of downloads every week. We really appreciate you guys. If you haven't done it yet, whether you're whatever platform you get your podcasts, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Geo7 in India, uh, thank you. And just check us out. And you can subscribe or follow, and uh, we appreciate that. Look for our logo. Search for The Jay Sheldon Show, and... That's it. Off you go. Thanks again, folks. I will see you on Wednesday night. This It's Like the Silent Room is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night.